Hey there, I'm Pete Townsend, and this is Money Never Sleeps. We look inside the minds of entrepreneurs and at the crossover of startups, enterprise, finance, technology, and life as we know it. This episode of Money Never Sleeps is sponsored by Philip Lee, one of Ireland's fastest growing corporate law firms and expert advisors at the heart of the Dublin and London startup, fintech, and crypto communities. On the show this week, we've got... I am Carla Rosencrantz, founder of Barter Chain. Barter Chain is an online peer-to-peer barter place where members can swap and tokenize their skills and services. Carla is a first of 10 founders forming the Launchpool Web3 Techstars Accelerator class of 2022 that we've got on the show over the next few months. In this episode, we talk to Carla about how the barter chain idea is rooted in her own experience of exchanging English lessons for yoga classes, how her own personal values and the importance of the human connection form the basis of her conviction to start building Barter Chain, helping micro-businesses and freelancers to expand their business acumen through barter, the network effects from connecting local communities and virtual communities, and how to keep pushing back against the naysayers. All right here on Money Never Sleeps. Carla, you're from Westport. I am, I am. Okay, cool. (laughs) It's good to get that straight up front. And you grew up in Westport Mm -hmm. and then started moving around the world a bit, or at least moving around Europe a bit. Yeah. Maybe just talk us through your backstory and how you got to this point. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) How far back do you want to go? Well, well, not like, you know, in the womb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I barely remember those days. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I grew up in Westport, which for anyone that doesn't know, it's a kind of a big town. Uh, It's a lovely town. I must give it that. But I I loved growing up in Westport, had zero complaints, but I knew that what I wanted to do with college, I wanted to have the option of going abroad. I could just feel it in me that I I needed to spread my wings and go somewhere further away, further away even than Dublin. So did I. Yeah. Where did you go? Galway. Oh, you did. (laughs) Right back here. And actually, yeah, a lot of people from Westport go to Galway to university because it's an hour and a half away. You can come home for dinners all the time. But I knew I wanted to go slightly further afield even than that. So yeah, I chose languages specifically so that I could travel. And it was it's funny enough, actually, when I went on Erasmus and went to Rome is where I spent my Erasmus. That is where I ended up falling in love with Ireland and Westport even more. Okay. I found myself preaching Riverdance, showing everyone the 1994 Eurovision Interval Act multiple times a day. But even as much as I was absolutely loving being abroad and soaking up that culture. But at the same time, I was kind of coming, becoming quite patriotic. Okay. Mm. All right. And during that 2018 to 2020 period, mm-hmm. feels like you went through a lot of soul searching to figure out what you really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and what was the right fit and like doing tons of public speaking, organizing people, bringing together people. I saw that thing you did in Kolkata, yeah. uh, which would have been before that 2018 to 2020 period. Mm-hmm. Um how have those experiences kind of shaped your view into how you're going to build Barter Chain? Yeah, sure. So I think you were probably looking at uh, my involvement with ESN in 2018. Yeah. That was a big one. So that's the Erasmus Student Network. I had done my Erasmus in Rome, obviously, and found ESN and just did not know where I would have been without it because it's just this huge, huge voluntary society that brings together all the Erasmus students from all over the place and make sure that they integrate well. And this is, you know, academically and socially. And my whole year was spent with people from absolutely everywhere. And that is how I learned my Italian as well. It was from other people who were learning Italian in the moment. Uh, I didn't go to university once, actually. I failed my Erasmus year because I spent so much time with all of these people. And yeah, I learned so much more than I would have in school. So then I came back to UCD, to Dublin, 
And I decided to volunteer for the ESN society there. And I suppose being the other side of it, yeah, like unknowingly, I was realizing my values, I think, my intrinsic values. And I realized that the ones that were just really natural to me were inclusion, equality, diversity, integration, all of these things. And and I suppose human connection as well. I realized the importance of human connection and how we're almost nothing without it. I mean, you can yeah. go to a very good school. You can be very bright. All of these things. You can go to a wonderful country. But if you're not speaking with people, if you're not connecting, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. It no. means very little. So all of that, I actually think the whole barter chain idea was built around that. That's probably where it started without, without me knowing. Okay. Well, with that, you want to tell us about the barter chain story? Sure. Yeah. So then after that, after I graduated, didn't know what I wanted to do, had no idea, but I knew that I didn't want to go into a steady job immediately. I did, as you said, had to had to spend some time soul searching. So I went abroad with a small bag and very little money. And I, I decided to teach English because I just knew that that would give me a nice, nice lifestyle time for time for fun. Yeah. And always found myself cash poor, though. I was working hard, working as many hours as I was given, but always finding myself cash poor. And there were so many things that I couldn't afford, like yoga, all of this. Yoga was the main one because I just knew I needed something to ground me. I was quite stressed out at the fact that I was cash poor. And one day, I don't I don't remember where I was. I was in a park, actually. I was in a park and there was just a light bulb moment. I thought, what if I offer an English class in exchange for yoga? And within a week, I was getting yoga, Spanish lessons, massages and my entire house cleaned. How did you actually do that? What was the conversation like where you said to somebody, listen, I know you're a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I can teach you English. How did that go down? Yeah, so I sent an email was the first thing I did. Uh, sent an email just explaining literally exactly what it was. I'm an English teacher looking to exchange English classes for yoga. I miss yoga, can't afford it. Is there any chance anyone in your studio would be interested? And then I sent it to all of the studios in like a one kilometer radius. And all of them got back to me. And I was getting multiple emails from all of them because many teachers within them actually were buzzing by the idea, buzzing about the idea. And I was walking into these studios with no money, couldn't afford it, but I was getting my pick of the lot. I was going to all of their classes to choose who I wanted to do it with. And I felt like absolute privilege, ironically, through barter. I, I was getting this taste of privilege. And yeah, then I rinsed and repeated this same email, insert service here. And I did that for absolutely everything that I wanted for two years. And I got to try so many wacky things that I wouldn't have tried otherwise. Yeah, it was just incredible. Okay, cool. And how far have you taken it so far with Barter Chain? Where, where are we right now? Yeah, so we've been, I suppose, I, I was thinking about it for a year it, during 2020. and But also thinking, I know absolutely nothing about tech. I don't know if I'll get this anywhere. And then eventually I just thought, I'm thinking about it so often, I might as well bloody try. Mm -hmm. And since 2021, then I've been doing business development programs. Because again, I knew nothing about tech. My background is in the humanities more so. So I have been doing different ones around Ireland, mainly an EU block start in the EU and getting together, I suppose, all the mental things that you need to get to better together for a business. So the business model. And now finally, we are ready. And thanks to Techstars also to get that stamp of validation. We are ready to start building and we have a prototype, but we're looking to move into an MVP from that now. All right. Very cool. And what is how is how do you see Barter Chain working from a business perspective? What do you think that the early days product is going to look like? The early days product will be simple for sure, but I think people just need to test out the basics of bartering. 
So literally, I do something for you, you do something for me. That's reciprocal barter. And then time could be a currency there in that in that instance. And then so that we're allowing for non-reciprocal barter, we'll have a token system. I do something for you, you do something for him, he does something for me. Token is passed around as a value of exchange and like a balancing mechanism. So it will be just this simple idea to start off with. And then obviously, hopefully, once we prove that that works and that people really want it, and that it benefits people the way that I believe it will benefit people, we'll throw a lot of money into it and hopefully, yeah, go into the DeFi world. Okay. All right. Cool. And is there, you know, would there be a go-to-market strategy around the types of businesses, micro-businesses, freelancers that you'd initially be targeting? I know you've done some kind of early days uh, buildup of a waitlist sure. and of, of potential users mm-hmm. to, to bring on board. But what do you think their main interest would be on the types of services that you'd see featured on Barter Chain? Yeah, so we did we did a behind the scenes trial phase and this was literally got people to sign up on the landing page, say what they can offer and what they'd like in return. And it was an Excel spreadsheet, me and a piece of paper and a pen making these matches by hand. But we did that for a couple of months and, yeah, got a load of matches, really successful barters, relationships that are still going on. And there seemed, although the categories of services were wide and varied, which didn't make my job easy because I know you're supposed to niche down for business commercial reasons. But definitely there does seem to be a lovely connection and relationship between business skills, people offering business skills and then people offering lifestyle enhancing services because it seems like the business people we're looking for balance post post COVID in 2022. We're looking to integrate more balance in their lives. And then the people who could offer these kind of services, these life enhancing services, wellness, health, all of that, they needed more business acumen in their life. They needed more business skills. So I'm thinking they're the two categories that we're going to focus on first. And they're also they both really resonate with me, which I think is important, too, for business. I really want to promote. I really want to work with those kind of people. So, yeah. OK, that makes sense. And the conversation that you had with, I'll refer to him as Patty, going back, I, you know, go, going a little while back. Yeah. Where, and I've been sharing this with some investors, with mentors of Techstars right. that, you know, that you got back to Westport. Mm-hmm. You went to a party. Yep. You met Patty. Yep. Patty was working for a blockchain protocol. Yep. And you explained the idea to him mm-hmm. and he said, well, wait a second, there is a tokenization model waiting to happen here. Yes. What w- what were some of the, the the bones of that from a high level that made you think, okay, yeah, actually integrating barter chain with blockchain sure. is actually going to make it worth doing? Sure. Well, I mean, before that conversation, I knew absolutely nothing about blockchain, nothing. And again, as I said, I knew the bare minimum about tech in general, but I did some research as much as I physically could. And I spoke to a couple of other developers, pitched this idea and was told, oh, girl, go make a Facebook page. Really? Yeah, go make a Facebook page. Let people barter from there. And I said, I'm kind of looking to come very, very far away from that. But he was the first person. So I cornered him at this party. I said, please sit down with me cornered him and told him what I knew were going to be the bare bones of this project. So we needed a token system to allow for non-reciprocal barter and we were going to need a ledger. These were the only two things. And then there was a couple of other functions like internal chat, etc. But I said ledger and I saw his eyes light up, sparkle. And I could see the cogs in his brain working even as I was speaking. And he paused for like a good long three seconds and then said, have you heard of blockchain? Yeah. And I, again, I hadn't, but I started looking into it and I just realized how far you could take it if you were to integrate blockchain and how it would actually solve 
the problems that were in past barter systems. Like Mehel, do you remember Mehel, the old Irish Mehel? Yep. Yeah, I spoke to member committee organisers, all of that about Mehel, and they told me about the pitfalls and what didn't work and what did work and why, why it failed or why it faded out. And it looked like blockchain could actually solve a lot of that. Okay. To all of that, potentially. Okay. Hey, everyone. This is Pete. Let me tell you about the folks at Philip Lee. Two years ago, I was at my first venture capital industry dinner in Dublin, and honestly, I felt a bit lost. I bumped into Andrew Tizali, one of the partners at Philip Lee. He bought me a pint and introduced me to the team, and they took me under their wing. That take-you-under-their-wing approach has been what I've heard consistently from fintech and crypto startups who I know have worked with Philip Lee in Dublin and London to help them wrap the right legal framework around their business, fundraising, and regulatory needs. And I can't recommend them enough. Get in touch with the team at philiplee.ie or on moneyneversleeps.ie slash philiplee to learn more. I know that right now you are looking for a co-founder. Yeah. And you are looking for um, perhaps a CTO, mm -hmm. perhaps a technical product manager along with the lead developer. And I'd say, depending upon who you meet and mm -hmm. the, the connectivity that you have with a network that... That role may vary, right? Yeah. And thinking about your future self mm. that is imminently successful <laughs> in all of this. And you say, you know, there's going to be a point where you look back on yourself today and say, how the hell did I pull that off? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already say that every day. Of course. What do you, what does your future self say to your present day self to give you the gall on this? Sure. Yeah. I suppose she reminds me that thoughts become things. I really do believe that. It's easy to forget, but thoughts become things. You can attract the right people into your life. You can manifest it if you work hard enough, I think, and you have your thoughts aligned and your mission statement and you can attract the right people into your life. And she would also remind me to use my superpower. One of my mentors said this to me when I was applying for Techstars, actually, because I was probably yeah worried. I just thought I'm, I'm on my own. Not sure they take solopreneurs. I also have absolutely not a clue about tech. I, I will be the least experienced in the room at all time. And she said, remind yourself of your superpower. Your superpower is not technology. Mm -hmm. It is your ability to tell a story, to bring people along on a story with you. That is your superpower. It is in humans. It is in people. And yeah, my older self would be reminding me of that for sure, because it's very easy to feel inferior in that room. There are such talented people. And when it comes to tech, absolutely. I know the least in the room. Absolutely. But remind yourself of your superpowers. Absolutely. And what you can do. No, that's so true. And I've spent so much time talking about the thesis for the investments that we're making with this accelerator mm -hmm. and that we're connecting the path from the past mm. of the digitalization of finance, right? Starting with cryptocurrency in 2008, 2009, and that so much of the progress for the first six years in the crypto space had been around payment system, a transfer of value, yeah. right? And now since 2016, 2017, it's been, well, let's use cryptographically secured assets for other things. Mm -hmm. Let's take, you know, and start thinking about how we can blend these virtual and physical worlds together by using the same technology that's enabled a completely decentralized store of value and medium of exchange to take mm. hold. Buffeted by, there's these four key criteria that we identified around Web3. Mm. And the first one you just nailed, which is storytelling. We want everybody to be able to tell good stories because that breeds community. And mm. community is a hugely important part of success in Web3. 
The second thing, composability. Mm -hmm. Can you attract not only users, but developers? Of course, you're going to attract users with mm -hmm. Barter Chain, but will there be those that want to build on top of it from a development standpoint? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The third thing is incentivization. Are we able to orchestrate the entire attraction of users and developers by incentivizing them through tokens? And obviously, that is one of the core components of Barter Chain. Fourth, this compounding effect that you get when you have users and developers both operating on the same platform and building on the same platform and where you have developers bringing users and users de bringing developers, right? So all four of those boxes were ticked. Mm. But yes, you are a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. We are at the early stages. And that's, you know, obviously one of the key reasons we're working together is to get you all to do this. It's such a massive opportunity. And I say this to a bunch of founders is that I get really excited talking to startups about their product and about where they're going with it and the vision because my ideas like when you spoke to patty that day my mm -hmm. ideas just tend to take over yeah right and the cogs start spinning in my brain and the hamster starts getting out of breath yes in my head, right? and it's 3 a.m and yeah exactly and you're going and you know i, I kind of see it the, the big opportunity with barter chain some of the ideas that i have may just end up on your product backlog mm. right mm. but I, we'll we'll see how this all unfolds and it develops but you know, what I've been talking to investors and mentors, like I said, you know, you've got this one thing. You can imagine, as Carla tells the story of bartering and exchanging yoga classes for English lessons. Sure. But think about it a bit deeper. How far could this go? Could you actually exchange UX design in Web3 for backend development yeah. and for smart contract auditing? Yes. And all of these other technical skills and once you start making that available, you then have this thing called price discovery, mm. where what Barter Chain is actually doing is setting prices for these services in the market. Yeah. Um, and mm. being able to do that through exchanging services for services or the non-reciprocal, like you said, where it's just purely tokenized. Yes. You know, so with that, you can either take and start to scale Barter Chain based on doing this community by community and almost local community mm -hmm. approach of mm -hmm. freelancers and microservices. There's also that opportunity to just make it purely virtual. Yes. Because you know, Web3 communities yeah. are global. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. Yeah. And how can you actually connect people and bring them together where you've got this feel of this local community and yeah. allow them to exchange services? Which way do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's going to go local communities or virtual communities or a bit of both? I think it's going to go both. Okay. I think it has to go both. I think... As an early stage startup and trying, I mean, we're going against the status quo, I think, with this project. People are not used to bartering in 2022 and they do it very casually if they do it. So I think for that reason, we need to prove, yeah, get this social proof. And I think the best way to do that is in a network, in a community. So I think, and also I want to honor all the people that got me here, which are the, the yoga teachers, the masseuses. Yeah, the people who did Reiki, the people, absolutely everything. I want to honor all those people. You, you want to help them grow their businesses. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the people that we did the trial with, we found that, you know, we put it out there. We're doing a behind the scenes barter trial. Micro business owners and freelancers were flocking, yeah. flocking. And I really want to honor those people who were yeah motivated immediately before they knew that it was anything to do with crypto or anything to do with blockchain. Uh, I want to honor them, absolutely everyone that brought me here. I want to start with that, I think. So keep it local. I also want to keep the human connection aspect of it alive. And then, but there will always be the option to go virtual or local. So online or offline. And then I think we'll go atomic network on it. 
uh, which, yeah, I mean, a lot of marketplaces do that. And Facebook even say, for example, not that I want to talk about Facebook, but they did roll it out city by city, campus yeah. by campus, that kind of thing. And I do think it is definitely effective. So you make this ecosystem, this community that is as dense and as stable as physically possible. So say we start in Dublin, I will be knocking on doors. I will be lit by hand making this happen on the ground. Get Dublin going as dense and stable as physically possible, so much so that it kind of manages itself, works itself, and then roll it out it's country a, by country, market by market. It's a network effects. Yes. Uh, that's a really good comparison point to Facebook mm. and how they've done that. And I, there's two others I think of as well. So Uber. Yes. Right? Yeah, they've yeah. gone country by country. Yeah. Because, I mean, the whole taxi industry is regulated. Yeah. So they're going to have specific country by country requirements. Yeah. As is... You know, as is micro businesses, and you will have specific cultures and specific country by country or community by community requirements there. Yeah. You could have barter chain ambassadors. Sure. Yeah. In different parts of the world. Yes. Right. Starting out with, well, starting out with Ireland, with Dublin, like you mentioned, but then probably moving to the UK next as being the yep. first easiest language transfer over sure. <laughs> before you go German and French and Italian and Spanish. Yes. But you've got those languages covered already, right? I do, I do. And yeah. thank God I do now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned before getting people interested in this before they knew that there is a blockchain behind all sure. of this. I know that you've spoken to before Techstars, you had been out talking to a few investors. Yeah. Um, and some of them from integrating with blockchain. What was that like? Yeah, you know what? It wasn't even so much the investors because they, I think they saw money going that way and potential going that way, but it was a lot of mentors definitely discouraged me from going down the blockchain route, blockchain okay. boulevard. Um, they said that don't associate yourself with blockchain, don't associate yourself with cryptocurrencies, don't associate yourself with that market or that people. They said stick to a business model that works like, say, homeexchange.com, which, yes, works very well, but it's also a walled garden. People can't take their, their guest points off and spend them on flights to get themselves to the next home. Yeah. They can't do that. And so I think we were trying to solve that problem. But I suppose there is so much hesitation and and fair enough. There's so much hesitation. I probably was hesitant definitely as well a couple of years ago, but I was definitely told not to associate myself with this new world to stick to a business model that works, to replicate a business model that's already been done. That was a lot of the of the advice I got. Okay. And it was tough because you have to well you have to take it on board. If you're hearing it time and time again, you do have to take it on board. But also, you have to say, why do I not want to listen to them? Why yeah. am I still not wanting to hear that? Well, it was like, and I, I tell people this story, Carla, that you know, once you started talking to the likes of Shane McQuillan, yeah. and to me, it's like, yes, please, yes. Br bring, bring us your finest meats and cheeses. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yes, that makes so much sense. So yes. let's do this. And I think it's just, you know, it's a factor of, you know, sometimes when you get introduced to mentors and they yeah. come from a certain walk of life that, you know, that may be their view of the world. Yes. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. but just to quote Chris Dixon from A16Z, Andreessen Horowitz, mm -hmm. and I, I quote him at least once a day, it feels like <laughs> he's never met anyone in the space who is both informed and skeptical. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So, you know, that's a big key point of it. No, right? 100%. And, and I think, you know, we shouldn't have to use the word blockchain as a crutch in all of this. Sure. And that's very 2017. And that that was kind of front and center on pitch decks when people were talking to investors, when people were talking to potential partners. But now it's kind of like, well, you need to explain the value proposition. Mm -hmm. And then there becomes a natural output of that that's, all right, well, obviously 
This is based upon a ledger. This is based upon a distributed ledger. When you start talking about the tech stack, yeah. um, and what that enables is, like you said, is that people to accrue their value sure. in a token mm -hmm. on the network and then take that off the network. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And you know, there's so many conversations that go on right now about well, how do we make that actually integrated with the current with with a traditional financial system and you know. What a lot of people out there in the world aren't aware of yet that hadn't been that into crypto are the simple things called stablecoins. Yes. You have the stability there. It's in the name stablecoin and offloading from your token that operates on the barter chain network into a stablecoin enables you to then bring your value. And actually, there are crypto exchanges yeah. where you can use a debit card to spend your crypto. Nice. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, Coinbase do that mm -hmm. and others do that as well. When you start getting into the flow of doing these community events, mm -hmm. there'll be a lot more of spreading the word and sharing the word on how accessible this actually is. Sure. Yeah. You know? I think it genuinely it's going to be a bridge, bridging the oldest form of value exchange into the crypto future. Mm -hmm. And I mean, everybody, I think everybody understands barter. We learn about it in history class, even if we haven't done it. People do understand barter. And I really do think, especially because I'm a crypto newbie, I am new to this world as well. So I want to be able to help other people who are hesitant and who don't understand yet. I want to show them that there are use cases for absolutely everyone. You don't have to be a you don't have to be a technical wizard or a blockchain brain to understand how to barter and how to use this token system. Yeah, absolutely. Even my dad sent me a 24 page article from The New York Times. He said, Pete, I found this. It was kind of a primer on crypto yeah. and said, this might be helpful for people that aren't really all that familiar with crypto. Oh. Uh, and I've sent it to a few folks already. Okay, uh, okay. And they come back to me and said, oh, yeah, th thank your dad because oh. this was actually really helpful. Oh, send that so, on to me. I'll send it on to all the mentors who've, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it on to the accountant that laughed me out of his office. Great point. Yeah. yeah, we will do that. We'll absolutely do that. Just kind of thinking about, you know, obviously where this is all headed there's going to be things that and experiences that you will continue to have, mm -hmm. right? That will be, uh, people will push you back, yeah. right? And, you know, there are lots of more experiences like that, that, you know, any founder of a startup is going to have ahead of them. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I kind of see your resilience so far as being a good indicator of actually, you know, you know what, we're going to keep pushing through. But one of the questions that I like to ask people, Carla, is that what's one thing that you know to be true in business that most people believe to be false? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm going to go all Brené Brown on you and say that vulnerability is courage. And, you know, I think people know it to be true in the emotional world. Well, some people, but I'm finding it's actually the same in the business world. I'm throwing my hands up saying, I don't get this or I'm scared or I really need help. I think it's even easier to do in the business world than the emotional world. But I'm finding that once you ask for help, everybody is willing to help. And you get so much more done if you just admit your weaknesses, admit, yeah, that you need that you need advice, that you need support. And that has really that has got me places already. Another thing, and I'm going to steal something that Alejandro said to us the other day. Remember, he said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You want to be the dumbest person in every room. because Then, you know, you're in the right room. That resonated with me hugely. Yeah, that is Alejandro Gutierrez from DeFactor. Shout out to Alejandro. I know he's at the Paris Blockchain Forum right now. He was up on stage there yesterday. Wow, fair play. Yeah. Thank you, Alejandro, man. You inspired me. Yeah, yeah. Powerful words coming from him. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. He's a great guy. No, vulnerability is key. And I, I, I do try to live and breathe that myself. And it does, when you are telling stories, mm. you naturally want to share stuff. Yeah. And if you were vulnerable, the stuff that you're going to share when you're telling stories generally connects with people. Yeah. 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 Right? But it is true that it's harder to be vulnerable than it is just to put on a brave face. Totally. So vulnerability is courage. Brene Brown, I hope you're, I hope you're listening. I would work with, I, geez, I don't even want to get into the story that people <laughs> I used to work with, you know, back in the corporate world, but that's another story for another day. Listen, Carla, we've had a good chat about Barter Chain mm. and where you're going with all this. And the one last question we'd like to ask everybody is this, mm. what's one thing that people wouldn't expect to know about you? <laughs> I'm psychic. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm psychic. I am. Everybody's psychic. Okay. Did you know that? How does that work? We're all connected, man. We are all connected. And this comes back to the soul searching that I did before this business idea. I realized, yeah, we are all psychic in many ways. We can all tune into each other. You can tap into it. Everybody is just as psychic as the next, but you have to believe. But I knew I was getting into this program. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And well, are you a Star Wars fan at all? Uh, no. No. Sorry. The Force. Oh, well, the Force is with me. Yeah, I yes. will, yeah. And with you. The Force is strong in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I believe in the Force. Okay. A shadow it, 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 give me an example of, of how your psychic skills, besides getting into the Techstars program, have... Tell me something that's worked. I can't think is of anything... Is this just intuition? Well, yeah, we can call it intuition. We can all co also call it full-on magic. We can... <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's also just an attitude, just knowing that I will find a perfect person for this job. And you say this to yourself many times and then you do. Or you say, I will get in touch with this person. I must get in touch with this person. And then they get in touch with you. Is that the secret? That book, The Secret? Yeah, it is a bit of the secret. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah self yeah. And many actualization, other visualization, yes. like the diver yeah. on the board yeah. that goes up. And before they dive, they visualize themselves doing the perfect dive. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And yeah. So I don't know if it's psychic or manifestation, I suppose, but all of that definitely works. Like right now, I'm kind of homeless. I know I'm going to find a fantastic house in this crazy landlord's market. I'm going to find a wonderful house. Yes, you keep believing that. And that will <laughs> happen. Keep believing that this. will happen. Yeah, yeah. No, I when I was a kid, I, I remember telling my my dad once that I was psychic because I, I I was like, oh, what time is it? Oh, it's two forty five. And then I went to look at a clock, and it was two forty five. I'm like, Dad, okay. I'm psychic. No, it's just I have a great understanding of what time it is. Yeah, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> you have an inside clock. No, but all those things, I have dreams where things happen and then next day they come true. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll keep working on it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. We'll, we'll work on your powers too, Pete. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. If you can teach me that, how to use a lightsaber and defeat the emperor, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in my bag. All right. Carla, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome to have you here. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yes, I would love for that. Anyone who has any experience or interest in barter or blockchain, please go to www.barterchain.io or find me, Carla Rosencrantz, on any social platforms at all. Thank you so much, Pete, for having me. Awesome. Thanks for coming, Carla. Bye-bye. Adios. Before we go, Carla and I welcome two special guests to the show, my daughter Lily and Kaide, the daughter of Laura Walsh from Gamefy and the Alphabet Group, who partnered with Techstars for the launchable Web3 Techstars Accelerator here in Dublin. Here they are. And yes, if you think you're hearing a little bit of beatbox at the end, you just might be right.
So, Kaide, Liddy, welcome to Money Never Sleeps. Hello. Great to have Hello. you both on the show. Hi. Hi. Kaide, what, what have you been up to today? I've been writing a sort of draft for a story I'm working on. Very cool. Can you tell us what the story is about? It's basically a murder mystery. Okay. And I'm writing it. It's about this girl who secretly is like solving some of the world's most unsolved cases in her town. Mm. But when she gets stumped with one case, she has to gain some assistance from a roller derby skater in okay. order to, for, for them to solve the case together. Ooh. Wow. Very does cool. She, does she have a name yet? Actually, yes, they do. The main character's name's Quinn and the skater girl's Shannon. Oh, cool, cool. Very good. Lily, what about you? What have you been up to today? Uh, I've just been drawing on my iPod. And what did you draw? Uh, I drew a sunset. Oh, very nice. nice. And I know that you visited the Techstars Accelerator here in Dublin today. Yeah. What did you bring with you to the Accelerator program today? Uh, I brought chocolate chip cookies. Ooh, very good. And where did those chocolate chip cookies come from? I made them. Oh, very good. <laughs> and where did you get the recipe? The back of a chocolate chip packet. Oh, what chocolate chip packet? I might copy you. Uh, Toll House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how were the cookies? They were good. Yeah. Did people like them? Yeah. Awesome. And what do you think of this whole podcasting malarkey? Uh, I think it was really long. <laughs> oh, it was very long. <laughs> and we waiting. were boring. Yeah, I was waiting for a while. <laughs> okay. All right. And probably if we can get you two on the count of three to say money never sleeps, pal, right. that would be great. Right. Okay. So we're going to do it at the count of three. Okay? okay. One, two, three. Money, money never, never sleeps, pal. pal. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Great to have you on the show. No problem. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Toodles. Bye. Awesome. Woo. That does it for this week, folks. Thanks to Carla Rosencrantz for opening up her mind to help us figure out why she does what she does. Links to get in touch with Carla and learn more about Barter Chain are in the show notes on our website, moneyneversleeps.ie, so check us out online. Also, thanks to Conan Brophy from Create Sound for mixing and editing this episode. Conan is an excellent media man to get in touch with when you're thinking about launching your own podcast. As for me, I'm an early-stage startup investor and advisor focused on where fintech meets crypto and crypto meets Web3. If you'd like to talk to me about your business, drop me a line on info at moneyneversleeps.ie. Finally, until next time, thanks for listening. See ya! Money never sleeps, pal. <laughs>